0: Chuck Palahniuk is hands down one of my most favorite authors, and his cult classic novel, Fight Club, has a lot to teach us about our attachment to material things, about being successful and hating it, and about the American way of constantly flooring the gas pedal all the way to an empty tank. Welcome to episode 69 of This Shit Works. I am your host, Julie Brown, and today I am joined by Rachel Sheeran an award-winning keynote speaker and MC who has been described as the Brene Brown of burnout to discuss, are we burned out or are we just tired of all the bullshit in our lives? This episode is sponsored by Nickerson, a full-service branding, marketing, PR and communications agency with team members in Boston, Los Angeles, Miami, and New York City. Visit them at NickersonCOS.com
1: Welcome to This Shit Works, your weekly no-nonsense guide to networking your way to more friends, more adventures, and way more success with your host, Julie Brown. Here we go.
0: In Rachel's viral TED Talk, How to Burn Out and Be Successful, she comes right out and says it. The American dream is a bunch of bullshit, and yet we still subscribe to it. A fabulous line from Fight Club is You have a class of young men and women, and they want to give their lives to something. Advertising has these people chasing cars and clothes they don't need. Generations have been working in jobs they hate just so they can buy what they don't really need. Let's think about redefining what success looks like for us in our careers and in our relationships. And too bad, so sad. It's not going to be as easy as hanging a live, laugh, love quote on the living room wall. That shit isn't doing anything for you. Listen, in addition to being called the Brene Brown of burnout, Rachel has been featured in Inc. Magazine. Her keynotes have served audiences from Spain to Seattle. And she is the host of the super popular F This S podcast. And because I am a lucky, lucky woman, I get to call her my friend and fellow margarita lover.
1: Rachel, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much, Julie, longtime fan, first time guest. <laughs> I, I am <laughs> goading you on that. And I will say there is something so quintessential. Can we just throw it back real quick? Yeah. Remember when you used to call into the radio and you'd be like, hey, my name's Rachel. I want to, you know, request in excess and dedicate it to my friend Julie. Yeah. Tell yeah. her, see you in chemistry class. Like that kind of acknowledgement and that kind of excitement and anticipation is. I just want mm-hmm. to put a wish out there that it comes back. It's that idea of somebody saw something, somebody thought of you, somebody wanted to request it. And then you were shouted out. It's part of the reason I'm I'm part of Peloton nation. Yes, I, I just did my just, century ride. Shout out to Ben Aldis because I know he's a huge fan of your podcast, Julie. Yeah. He shouted me out on my century ride and I was like, I did my 700th ride on Thursday. Oh. I went
0: home early to do a five o'clock Goals. intervals and arms ride. My leaderboard name is Mrs. Julie Brown. And I got a shout out and it went like this. It was with Jen Sherman. She said, Mrs. Julie Brown, how you doing,
1: love? do you know how many times I am going to do that ride? (laughs) I mean, literally, do you know how many times I'm going to do that ride? And just, it doesn't matter if I hate the playlist. It doesn't matter that Jen Sherman is beating me up from the inside out and giving me straight mom guilt vibes. Yes, I will do that. Oh, congratulations. Jewelry. 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 (laughs) And no margaritas were consumed during this. During I know. this
0: podcast. We should have had, we should, we're recording currently at, at 10 o'clock in the morning. We should
1: have done it at six o'clock at night. There's always round two because Julia can tell you this is going to be one of the more popular episodes because we're getting to the point so quickly. Right. There we are. We like to drink margaritas. That's the point. <laughs> so true. Or pina coladas, as we discussed or, earlier. Yes.
0: Or earlier. Oh, yeah. So let's, you know, I'm going to throw out the script here. I was going to ask you about your burnout story, but let's just, Let's just throw out this script. We were talking, we were chatting before we started this podcast because that's what we do. And she asked how my vacation was. I had just gone on vacation. I went to Grenada. I went for eight days. I sat on the beach and did nothing but drink and read books. And it was lovely. But I was talking about my out of office reply, which I spent some time doing it because after talking with Drew Davis, a mutual friend of ours, Drew Davis, who was on the podcast, he said... Think about every interaction your client has with you as an emoji and what emoji would you assign to that interaction? So I thought of what is the t- typical out of office email? It's I'm currently out of the office. My responses
1: will be delayed. I'll return it's the straight face we'll emoji. Up. It's yeah. like the I don't give a hoot emoji. Yeah.
0: It's like the bland emoji. So I said, okay, I'm going on tropical vacation for the first time in, in, I don't know how long So my, um, out of office went something like this instead of out of office as the subject reply, it was, do you like pina coladas? And then in the body of the email, it said, I'm away on a much needed tropical vacation. It parenthetically, doesn't that sound nice? Why don't you take a mini vacation with me? I created a Spotify playlist called beachy vibes playlist, which was reggae, Bobby McFerrin. It was awesome. I gave a link to my favorite pina colada recipe and I put in a gif of a couple swinging back and forth in a hammock, which was super, super calming. And then I said, I'm not responding to your email. Here's the here's the email from my assistant. And that got us talking about a great point that you had about setting boundaries when you're on vacation.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I think it comes, my side of things is I have a background in sales. So I'm a sales executive leader for a really long time. And one of the things that I was important to me was I work in fun. I work in love. I work in celebration. So I was in the events industry for a long time. So I'm thinking about, okay, how are we constantly making our clients feel their families feel, especially if you've ever been around, maybe a couple getting married, the closer you get to the date, it's this incredible Everest of stress. And then Mm -hmm this parachuting of joy hopefully or it's an avalanche of stress down the other side you know you choose choose your players wisely that's that's what I'd like to say there but all that to say out of offices my argument always was out of offices are fantastic they just are used super poorly like out of office, you don't dislike out of offices you just hate sucky ones and so do I because the most out of offices that we get are something in the vein of hey Got your email. I don't care about you. Call someone who does. Like I mean literally, like I don't give a uh you know, like anyone but me. And sometimes it's I, I mean I really applaud these people. I don't know how they do it. I grew up Catholic, so I would feel too guilty. But right. how about those out of office emails that are like I am out of the office until October 29th. And it's like October 1st. Yeah. And you're <laughs> like and, and, and you're like, are you getting a Yes. Kidney taken out, like what are you Totally, enjoying? Totally, but you know, so and part of my burnout story is I absolutely, you know, I was loving my clients, loving my sales, all this stuff. But what I started to realize was we fight inboxes all the time. And what I was doing outside of my inbox was really important. And so mm-hmm. I came up with a series of templates that honestly engage your um, either, whether it's clients, whether it's internal team members, whether it's prospective clients that are emailing, um, they're interesting. They let your personality shine. These out of office messages, because Julie, let me tell you this. If your listeners are going to a conference and they're out of office, doesn't say, Hi, I am currently on site attending X, Y, Z conference so that I can prove as a professional and a connected vendor for you. We're at the Indianapolis Marriott downtown. I can't wait to eat some shrimp cocktail at St. Elmo's steakhouse, you know, letting people be part of what are you doing? Why does it matter to them? How does it make you better? Here's the thing. You go on vacation to Grenada, Julie, take me with you. And you right. did. And I bet here's the thing. It's memorable. It's memorable. You want to see people go nuts, go ahead and put in your email signature that you're going to Disney. Holy smokes. People come out of the woodwork and they're sending you pictures of their babies and, you know, their cacti that are in Mickey Mouse ears. And what's even cooler is that when you have an out of office that, that stands out, you stand out. When you have an out of office that shares your joy, there's a saying that I love that says the joy shared is joy multiplied. Mm -hmm. I also ask you to text me a picture of your very cute dog. Because Mm -hmm. I like cute dogs. And so, Julie, I can't tell you, have you ever landed from a flight and just had a bunch of dogs texted to you? That's great. It's great. You don't even mind the lost baggage.
0: You know, I'm flying tomorrow to give a keynote and I'm going to do that. I'm going to ask for a picture of a text, text me a picture of your dog Mm -hmm. because I love text messages. I think that's also, you have to decide how you really like to interact with people. So if you call my cell phone, it says you've reached the voicemail of Julie Brown. Hang up and text me. Cause I don't, we, re- I don't, I love to the on. honesty. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm and you know what? That's such a good point because with apps like Marco Polo, with being able to voice note, with being able to record your zooms or looms or whatever other services you want. I agree. It's about finding what works. I drown in emails since we're speakers. I'm actually better speaking than I am writing. So right. it takes me a longer time just to reply to emails because I want to sit down. And I want to be perfect. The out of office, too. I just want to say out loud that, you know, some of the great things is that it allows people to know passively what's going on in your life or what your values are or what your boundaries are. Because right. to me, one of the hardest things to do is not be stuck in my inbox because I want to provide great customer service. And right. what I really know is true is providing great customer service to my current clients means that i need to do deep work on the mc script of a 3-day conference that i have exactly and if i don't put some boundaries around that well, it's going to So gonna are be tough. you
0: suggesting that people make a practice of doing an out of office if they need time to work on something else, not just if they're going, we always do it just when we're going on vacation. Yeah. Uh, so do you suggest we do it? Say I need two days where I'm not responding to emails
1: all, all the time. Is that a really totally. good, I haven't
0: yeah. done that. Is that a good yeah.
1: practice? I, so you will almost always, I would say out of the 30 days in a month, if you'd count the weekends, I 10 of those days, I probably have a different out of office on. So you got to switch it up. It can't be the same out of office. That's when people think that you're kind of ignoring them. So just a word to the wise, but some of the phrases that I use and that are in my templates are, I am currently focused on my clients or hundred percent focused on my clients. Like I will be focused on you soon. I mean, Mm -hmm. what checkmate, like I want your hundred percent focus and spoiler alert, Julie, when I'm on stage, I can't manage any other clients. I'm giving a thousand percent to that audience. Another one that I have is I'm doing deep work. And then I'll link to Cal Newton's book about deep work, right. Mm -hmm. Or an article from HBR. Um, Sometimes, I mean, I am, I'm in love with my husband. We call him King Sheeran around here. And so a lot of my burnout prevention practices encourage spending time with him. I need quality time and I enjoy quality time. So Fridays or Mondays, you might catch me out and I'll say, Hey, listen, I've snuck out on this Friday. Sorry, not sorry. Here's a study or here's a recent podcast, or here's a blog that -hmm. says, you know, the statistic for 2020 was 76% of Americans used less than two days of vacation days last year. And, and the people that use all of them, like, I mean, under it's a single digit percentage, which to me, this is how I know I'm unemployable. I have to be an entrepreneur. I use so many vacation Uh days. Yes. But you know, it's amazing too. And Julie, have you had this, you know, kind of situation when I was personally burning out, I got stuck in the wishing pits. I -hmm. would see people doing stuff and I'd be like, must be nice. I wish. Oh, like lucky them. Like I can't do that. You know, I wish, I wish, I wish. And it's like, yo, you know what? You you listen to Julie say she's gone to Grenada, cheapcaribbean.com, all right? Yeah. Book, a, book a flight to the Dominican. It's not that complicated, but we wish and we wish and we wish without giving us any boundaries. And I will admit that, for boundaries that are giving myself space and asking people to pause it's easier to do it passively for me Mm -hmm. through out of offices than tell people um hey these are my boundaries you know i don't work on fridays through the summer which is a real thing for me but i don't work on fridays year-round well Well, it's not true i I love that I I, i work for a couple
0: hours in the morning (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, it's at your discretion, right? If it's fun, if you need to like all that stuff, but here's the thing. It's not my clients or my prospects jobs to know my boundaries. It's our job to enforce them. And that's where, you know, people ask all the time, what's burnout burnout as I define it is when joy leaves your work. And the three main causes are the people we serve, the people we trust and the person we are is burning us out. And especially the people we serve, that can be our clients. It can be our team members. It can be our leaders. um, Sometimes it can be, if we feel like we're serving our families, but when you're thinking, gosh, I just, I have no control. I'm all tied up. Okay. How can we if, if you're feeling so underwater, how can we passively do it? And another tip is when we get back to traveling, if you travel a lot for your job, mm-hmm. why not under your signature put a, a upcoming travel dates or upcoming out of office dates? And you don't have to define what it is. You know, if you're going to Oshkosh, Wisconsin to see your mother in law, first of all, praying for you. Second of all, just put it on there because here's the really cool thing when the more you let yourself shine through, the law of similarity comes into play. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to St. Joseph, Missouri, and then someone's like, my husband's from St. Joseph, Missouri. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's amazing. It's the closer you can get to people, the more opportunities you can, but it also reinforces this idea of we are not all accessible. And I think that's one of those things. If you feel like you have to be accessible, that might be burning you out. If you want to be always accessible, that's where it's, I would encourage everybody to say, what, what are you so busy avoiding? Mm -hmm. Because being accessible all the time, that's not a normal operating system. That's a distraction. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. And and by the way, that's coming from somebody that has been a professional -er (laughs) runawayer for a really long time. All right. Turns out that your problems have way more stamina than you could ever imagine, which is disappointing and impressive all at the same time. You know, what I love about this conversation is
0: I had no idea we were going to be talking about, you know, sort of out of office and what that means. And it, it, it is a way, I mean, we don't take vacations and when we're on vacations, we're still completely connected. So I love this idea of using the out of office as a way of building a boundary, but like we've just said, I also want people to realize that it is such an important way of showing who you are, what you're interested in, giving people a glimpse into your life. And when I give speeches, I always talk about the what do you do versus who you are factor. And in work, we're always about our profession, what we do for a living, and we ignore the who we are. And we're going to build stronger relationships and stronger
1: networks if we let people
0: in to see what we're doing.
1: I mean, that's honestly one of the things I love about your work, Julian and seeing you speak and hearing you speak is you really are about, you know, that difference between what you do, but really who you are. And then mm-hmm. also to the confidence to own it, the confidence um, and the authenticity to really show up and mm-hmm. to have a great Like, you know, when we met, um, in Las Vegas, just the energy around you and having that magnet, because I will say some people, um, and I have had clients that, or prospects that have said this, you know, prospects that think my energy is a little too much Mm -hmm. and you know what good, because, because we are going to have a long-term relationship. It's about the vibe. And if we're Mm -hmm. our vibes, you know, the more that I can kind of like batman light shine my light in the air first of Mm -hmm. all it gives everyone else around me to shine their weird lights in the air and their fabulous lights in there and their bedazzled lights in the air but secondly what's so cool is that we get to find our people faster and is that something like to me if i were to have like a christmas wish in one of those really cheesy hallmark movies i instead of like world peace or anything like that i would wish that people would feel less alone right now And it starts with being less alone with yourself, like being goofy. If you're going to a Star Trek convention, if you're playing in a magic, the gathering tournament, if you're going to plant radishes on your family farm for like the 40th year in a row, great. It's a cool world when we can get a little closer and without doing a super heavy lift, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, And I think that's it. And, And with networking, people always say i don't have time to network it's 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 too time consuming how am i going to fit it in my schedule no number one you make time for the things that are important for you, to to you but number two there are such creative ways especially now that we've been living in a virtual world for 18 19 months there're such creative ways of connecting with someone All you have to do is just think a little bit about how I could do this one thing differently. How can I add a little bit of bling to it?
1: It's so true. And Julie, as you were talking about it, when we talk about networking or connecting, I feel like it's something that you actively do, but people forget a lot of times it's actually, it can be actively something that you just welcome that you put like dinner out on the front porch and you say, come on y'all come down and get it, you know, and people are hungry for that, you know? people that's the southern and me coming out right there but like pe- people really will come and get it and it's like it's not nearly the heavy lift and when it comes to burnout I'll tell you at my darkest deepest burnout about 5 years ago I mean we're talking I had the corner office the big team the six figure salary like things were on the up and up and yet I was more successful than I'd ever been. And I was getting more miserable as my success had really grown. And one of the things I think that I realized was I took away and I really denied myself a lot of the things that brought me joy, Mm-hmm. in my darkest burnout times. And for me, that is definitely people. It's definitely networking. You know, I was using the B word busy, you know, I mean, that's like the biggest cuss word in the world to me. I'm like well, busy. Yeah. Congratulations. Like- gold star, gold yeah, star.
0: Honor. You know, I'm so busy. I'm so busy because if you're not busy,
1: well, what the fuck's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Everybody's busy. So if you're not busy, like, are you lazy? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's such a loaded word and it is, it's interesting. It's like, yeah, if you're not busy, then what? And it's, oh, right. I'm so happy. Like when's the last time? And to your point, it's like you know, instead of what we do, it's who are you. One of the things that I think is so cool is, and, and personally, I just love sharing and asking. It's like, what do you love? Like, what do you yes. love? Like, I love dogs, my husband, margaritas, meeting new people. I love bloody marys. I love New Orleans and Seattle. Yeah, you know, like, no bloody marys for you? No,
0: I can't do tomato. I'm just oh. Oh,
1: See, my are. mom was a V8-er and I oh. grew up really, I got confused. I'm not going to lie, Julie. I got really confused. I totally thought a Bloody Mary was basically like today's juice cleanse growing up. <laughs> and I was like, I am a pillar of health. So I started drinking Bloody Marys, perhaps underage, thinking that they were like a tonic. They were good.
0: <laughs> you said something that I think is going to ring true for a lot of people who listen. And that is we become more miserable paraphrasing, we become more miserable, the more successful we become. And I don't know if it's the stress of maintaining that success, or it's because in order to gain that success, you did have to give up the things that were joyful in your life that you made time for. What is your advice for somebody who has burned out and left that job? What is your advice to someone who says, I am the most successful I've ever been. I'm making the most money I've ever made. And I'm fucking miserable.
1: Yeah. Well, I do want to say aloud, it doesn't have to be that way, but that's where I really take issue. I think with the American dream, the American Mm -hmm. dream got set up where it said, you know, you go to school, you get good grades, all this kind of stuff. You start upgrading your income, your house, your spouse, all this kind of stuff. And supposedly you'll be happy and you'll be successful. And what I think we don't realize is that success as it's built to us is kind of like, it's kind of like an Easter bunny that's made of chocolate, you know, that's super hollow Mm. on the inside. And you're like, this thing is majestic. And then you crack it open and you're like, this thing is not that good. And I think that's a long way of saying When it comes to what's inside, what you're looking for success, to me, I look at where did you get those ideas of success? Who Mm -hmm. taught them to you? Whose opinions really, really matter? And then I want to encourage you to check that, that when we achieve certain success, what's incredible is that we we do ourselves the disservice of not checking our pulse or checking our temperature along the way to say, is this what I really want? Mm -hmm. Is this making me happy? is this aligning with the values I have or the values that I want? It's hilarious. You mentioned live, laugh, love. I like to say that when I ask people about their values, it sounds like a garden Ridge sign: live, laugh, love friends, family, faith. And here's the thing. I'm not judging anybody. You tell me friends, family, faith. I'm cool with it, but what you value shows up in where you spend your money. And where you spend your time don't tell me friends family faith and you're missing bedtime, or you're missing family reunions or Sunday dinner right with with your mom and dad don't tell me friends family faith and you're sliding in at 1130 with the happy birthday text, or you're calling out on girls wine night you know, don't tell me friends family faith you're not tithing 10% you're not active in your church or synagogue or mosque or going out in nature if that's your church. I don't care what your values are. Don't tell me it's health. And then try and go through the McDonald's drive-through getting dollar Dr. Peppers. I've tried. It does not work. Mm -hmm. All I'm trying to say here is when the person you're being and the person you want to be are incongruent with each other, when that's breaking, you're going to realize that you've been going up a mountain that honestly doesn't have any views that you want that wasn't that fun to climb anyway that you've sacrificed Mm -hmm. along the way and what's incredible is that you thought you had to and Mm -hmm. that's one of the coolest things about living in the world today is that I honestly believe that you do not have to do anything you get to do it and Mm -hmm. even better the magic comes when you want to do it do you want success? What kind of success do you want? Is it time freedom kind of success? Is it where you're just hanging out with your kids a lot more? Is it where you're up on stage? I'll tell you, mine was traveling the world. Mine was helping people not leave jobs and teams they loved because they burned out. I threw laptops when I was burning out, like I had a complete meltdown at work and I had no income, no references, no friends, by the way, because everyone I worked with was my friend. I totally missed that. And I had built this incredible career only to be left high and dry by basically everyone. Mm-hmm. In the end, Jolie, I knew, I knew what I was building was wearing me down. I knew what I was sacrificing was incongruent with the person that I was. And mm-hmm. I just, I didn't slow down and I didn't have the courage enough to say, if not this, then what? And I might yeah. challenge your listeners to say, if like, you're feeling burned out, if you're like, you know, this cannot go on, I'm in a chronic state of unhappiness at work, I'm exhausted, increased illnesses, you've got some martyrdom syndrome going on there. Hello. I would encourage you to say, where'd you get your definition of success? Is that really true for you? Uh, who's invested in that? You know, cause I will say one of the things that blew my mind was how open my friends and family were once I told them that I didn't want to be a C-suite corner executive. And, and here's the thing. I didn't want to be that anymore, but I also wanted to be a six figure business owner right. And that's, I think, a myth about burnout is burnouts like, oh, go to the spa. Oh, chill out. Oh, you know, I mean, yes, I was unemployed for a while as I was starting my business and figuring things out. But I'm the first one to admit when you're burning out or when, you know, you know, someone or love someone and want to support them through burnout. I think one of the the greatest things you can acknowledge is that this is a process and this is a little bit of unlearning that pressure, especially Mm -hmm. high performers put on ourselves. Right. I I love the idea of is your version of success
0: implanted in you by somebody else Did somebody tell you this is what success looks like. Mm -hmm. or maybe not even that. Maybe it's just the compounding factors of how you grew up, the environments in which you grew up, which you either said, I'm never going to be like this. I have to get out of this what does getting out of this look like? And then you define success
1: by the negative of
0: something else. Yeah.
1: The proving, right. I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to prove them um, that, you know, this is who I am, not, this is who I am. Right. And Mm -hmm. so you work tirelessly. And one of the greatest things I think um, I ever learned was that no one thinks about me nearly as much as I think about me, right? Which was, by the way, so mind blowing. And I wish I could get some years back, but you know, it is what it is. Thanks for the lessons. But that's, I think one of the cool things about burnout, a cool, maybe double-sided, but burnout, it's a surprise because it often happens to people who care deeply, people who are high performers, people who are above average in um, performance in goals. You know, this Mm -hmm. is not something that happens to people who are like, I'm going to clock in, I'm going to clock out. I don't really care. This is for the people that care way too much, which by the way is super valuable in our society. It's the people Mm -hmm. who are ultra passionate, you know, I mean, you can tell when people are passionate. I have a girlfriend named Liz and, um, she's got three girls and this woman loves being a mother so Mm -hmm. incredibly much. It is so not what what I am passionate about. I don't have kids. But I, mean, I can see them and I can see how great her girls are. And I'm like, wow, that's incredible. The same thing is true um, when people are very passionate and they're putting it into their work or their family or their health or, or the world in their community, whatever it is. But it, when you see it, when it's incongruent, when they're passionate about something and something's beating them down at the same time, when mm-hmm. they're passionate about something, but it's killing the thing that they, they value the most. Listen, we got to find the and here. You know, there's, there's yeah. no reason in my personal opinion, especially with, you know, the way, the way the economy's going right now, there is, if you weren't unhappy at your job right now, there was somebody that would love the opportunity to be part of your team, to learn from the, the people around you. The boss you hate is somebody else's ideal. The, the right. team members that are annoying you somebody else's new best friends. So yeah. stop robbing somebody else of the opportunity to take your spot and stop denying yourself the opportunity to find what it is that you really like. And by the way, you might have to try on a few things. That's yeah. okay. That's the whole point of life. We're supposed to evolve. I really, I think we do ourselves a disservice by glorifying people who knew what they were going to do from a young age. Yeah. Do you agree?
0: yeah I just did this episode with Terry Trespicio, who's another professional speaker of her upcoming book Unfollow your Passion and it's all about what if I don't know what I, what if I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing I didn't similar to you like I I worked in in large corporations and I made a ton of money and I was not happy and I was burnt out. And I didn't start my business till I was 39 years old. And that's when I was like, oh, hot damn, this, this is it. I was 39 people. I was 39.
1: You can reinvent yourself at any time. It's incredible. And you know what's so cool is I think I often think about even on the, I think, tougher days of business ownership, it's still like there's blissful challenge in what we do. There's still a lot of fun. I would still submit that because we do, others can. I think that's one of the coolest things about people who do suffer from burnout is they also, you know, burnout isn't a one-time occurrence. It's something that you have better muscle memory on that you try and catch yourself earlier on that, you know, you're more vigilant after the first time or two that it happens. Mm -hmm. But what's so cool about it is, is that the point of burnout isn't to heal it and then to not care anymore. The point of burnout is to be able to harness that fire and to create an impactful life and an impactful career, an impactful personhood on mm. this earth while also valuing yourself enough, listening to yourself enough, trusting yourself enough, right? Half a burnout, I feel like looking back, I could have prevented it if I had believed my intuition and Mm -hmm. been reassured that the people in my life loved me, not for what I was doing or who I like, what I was making or my title, but they love me for who I am. And by the way, the evidence points overwhelmingly that they loved me for who I was. I just had this thought that for example, my husband, we had just gotten married and I, at the time was the breadwinner in the family. And I was like, well, I can't, I'm the breadwinner. And it's like, Well, then buy cheaper bread, you know, we, we figured it out. And I think that's one of those things, anyone that's ever been in a variety of an economic situations, it's when you take that leap, it's amazing what being up against a wall will make you industrious. in. it's
0: right. It's incredible.
1: I, I will say in my research, I've spoken to maybe a little over 5,500 folks at this um, time doing research for my book. And it's amazing. And honestly, it's in double digits um, now, but the amount of people that realized they were burned out when someone died or when they almost died, Mm -hmm. that it was the big wake up call. And I'm the first one to admit, Julie, let's just reminisce for a minute. Remember Mm -hmm. when we used to go into the office, super sick to like prove that we were really dedicated.
0: Yeah. Mm, and we yeah. just get
1: everybody else sick uh-huh never again yeah. never again <laughs> that never is true anymore. that won't happen again you you yeah i mean mm-hmm. like yeah but it should have never happened in the first place and i think that's one of the things right. that's super interesting too and you know um i i'm I, I live in america you live in america for those who don't live in america i do just want to say this is a very american, american. problem that is yeah. in in is is spreading across industrious nations because yeah. Um, you know, Americans overwhelmingly, the I think the latest statistics said 64 from the Pew Research said 64 percent of people identify as their job. Yeah. Which Julie, I, I mean, I'm this actually what, surprised it's not higher than that. Well, I'm you know what? It's it's because the unemployment that. is up, which good for them. Oh, They're like, yeah, yeah, I'm unemployed. I don't want to identify as that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, when you think about that, that goes that's, back. That goes back
0: to the who you are versus what do you do? That goes back. That's
1: that's the genesis. It's the nucleus of the problem. Mm-hmm. Totally. And you know what's incredible is this might be the great reset that we need mm-hmm. to remember that. And I don't think that we're going to see burnout go away. What I think mm-hmm. we're going to do is the Wall Street Journal did an incredible study. It said it asked CEOs of Fortune 500s. You burned out. The CEOs anonymously were like, hell yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. 96% said yes. 11 percent had mentioned it to someone and yeah. that's I think the big secret the big secret about like being successful and burning out being successful and struggling being a leader and being you're supposed human. to do it and make it look easy like mm-hmm. are you
0: really successful if if it it is hard and you know like it's yes it's hard and that is where we have to strip away the stigma around saying this is hard I need help. I don't know what to do. I need to talk to someone. There's just too much stigma around it. The fact that eight that 11% had talked to someone about it, like that mm-hmm. is because there's there's this idea that you're just supposed to cowboy
1: up and and get the work done because no one wants to fucking hear how hard it is. Well, it's not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hum- human leaders. And I think that's one of the things too, just thinking about it. We are leaders in every sense of the way, whether it says it on our org charts or not. Like you're the leaders of your family, you're, you have influence over your neighbors, your community, and everyone has that kind of leadership in them. But the most important job that we will ever have in leadership is the self-leadership of ourselves to give ourselves the assessments, to give ourselves the, how can I help you develop talks? The, what are you struggling with talks? How about giving ourselves the empathy? We would give anybody else the patience we would give anybody else, you know, that the words that we think, as my friend, Christine says, she thinks a lot of should, should always should do this. I should do that. Don't should all over yourself. This is one of those things where we have to be extra vigilant because we're coaching ourselves constantly on what it is that we should be doing. And that can burn us out. Listen, half the stuff we say in our minds, I don't know about you, but sometimes if I'm struggling with something, I'm having a bad day. My mind's not in the right place. I'll catch myself thinking something and I'll be like, Hey, I would not say that to my friend. I wouldn't say it to my enemy. Yeah. Get out of there. This is what you should do. Mm -hmm. This is what
0: you should do. You're going to get a, not many people see this picture. This is me <gasps> when I was, oh old. my gosh, I don't know how old I am. There's no date on the back. Oh. I keep this on my desk in an envelope. So if I'm starting to talk shit to myself, I say, would I say that to her? That little yeah. girl with the adorable fucking pigtails. I know mean,
1: legit. You wouldn't. Julie, Jesus I knew you'd be an icon enough. from that pic going forward. <laughs> it was in the stars. Yeah. All right. But yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't ever. Right. And yeah. somewhere along the way, you make a great point about picking stuff up along the way. It's interesting, the habits, the things that we hold on to. I think mm-hmm. that's where a lot of times when we give other people burnout agency over us, we say, you're burning us out. You're burning us out. And that can be true. That's where the boundaries come in. That's where the relationship building comes in. That's where the the patience comes in. That's where I say, listen, you, you hate these people quit. You know, listen, that's your one great life. I'm not telling you to tough it out. You've already toughed out a ton. Like you're not going to find me begging you because here's the thing. We want people at work. And that's what I tell leaders and organizations. When I come into keynote, sometimes when I mention the quitting thing, they're like, no, please don't encourage anybody. And I said, let me just, let me just show you some studies here. You can have a 30% attrition all all across your front lines. You can have it all through your organization. And if it's the people who were negative and didn't want to be here anyway, you are going to be more profitable. You're going to be more successful and you're actually going to go up. I mean, you will not miss these people, right? We all know these people. The people that you're like, how do you skate by? Like, I can't believe you're getting paid. Like, and, and we're constantly compensating for them. And it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when you're burning out that idea of you have a choice, we all yeah. have a lot more choice and that is both the heaviest crown to bear. Mm-hmm. And it's also the most freeing set yeah. of just like fence clippers ever. And I think it's, how do you want to wield that power when you're feeling
0: yeah. burned out? Well, I think that's a great way to end it. I don't want to end it because we, we should just do this again. One but-
1: more time.
0: <laughs> yes, we it'll happen. It'll happen. I know you mentioned you have some templates for out, out of how can we, how can the listeners get their hands on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just head to rachelsheran.com forward slash OOO. OOO stands for out of office. <laughs> out of so rachelsheran.com forward slash OOO. I'm over on uh, LinkedIn a lot. You know, you can catch me with my very cute dog on Instagram too. I'll put uh, links to all that on yes, in the show. I notes. can't wait. And Julie, thanks so much for having me. I Mm -hmm. love watching your show and your clips on LinkedIn. You're a great follow. Oh, thanks. (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Thanks, Julie. Here are
0: my major takeaways from this conversation with Rachel. Why the hell have I not been using out-of-office replies as a way to manage my inbox and stay focused while working on really important tasks? I know how much I can accomplish if I eliminate distractions, so why haven't I thought about scheduling days within the month where I focus my attention and energy on certain projects without being distracted by email? Why have I only been using out-of-office replies for when I'm actively on vacation or traveling? By writing a thoughtful and useful and maybe funny out-of-office reply when I'm working on major efforts for my business or my clients, I am acknowledging the email from my contacts, but also managing their expectations at the same time. Most people in this world just want to be listened to and to also have information. A thoughtful out-of-office response does both of those things. It says, hey, I got your email, but for these reasons, I won't be able to respond right away. That is so much better than ignoring an email because you're too busy working on a project to get to it. or being constantly distracted by your inbox notifications. This one is staying with me. I'm already looking at my calendar and deciding which days will be my non-inbox days, which days will be my out-of-office days. You know it. You know you waste a tremendous amount of time in your inbox every single day. You just get sucked into shit all day long. Second thing I'm taking away from this conversation is As we become more successful, we need to start checking our pulse or our temperature along the way to say, is this what I really want? Is this making me happy? Is this aligning with the values I have or the values that I want? Am I successful? But does that success now mean that I don't get to spend as much time with my family or friends or take the time off that I need or invest in things that make me happy? Do you have time for things that are important to you that don't have anything to do with work? I go for one aha moment in every podcast for you. One nugget that you can pick up and put in your pocket and take with you and use over and over and over again. And I'm taking these two nuggets. These are the ones that are coming with me. On to the cocktail of the week. And I'm a sucker for a cocktail with a fancy rim. So this week, we are making... Peppermint white Russians with candy cane rims. Here's what you're going to need one candy cane, finely crushed, and one tablespoon of granulated sugar. One ounce of peppermint schnapps, one ounce of Kahlua, one ounce of vodka, and three ounces of milk, or if you want to go like real old school, half and half. Combine the crushed candy canes and granulated sugar in a small bowl and mix well. Rim the top of each glass. With the candy cane sugar mixture and fill each glass with ice. Then, fill a cocktail shaker with the peppermint schnapps, Kahlua vodka, and ice. Shake well until it's all combined, and then pour it into the prepared glass. And then you top it with however much milk or half and half you want. Okay, friends, that's it for this week. If you haven't had a chance to review the podcast on iTunes, please do take a moment to do so. Look, it really makes a difference, and it helps others find the podcast as well.